0: Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face-to-face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Welcome to Encounter Grace. I'm Jason McKnight, and I'm thrilled to have Jason McDaniel with us here today. Welcome, man. Hey, it's good to be here. Two Jason's. I mean, this is pretty awesome. Yep, Jason MCs. Jason Actually. MCs. That's true. It's a good thing it's not Friday the 13th.
1: That's true.
0: <laughs> Listen, so I've invited Jason here so that we could talk about a life of generosity. And before we get into the topic, let's talk about the life of Jason. Sure. <laughs> What's going on in your life? So you, um, where does God have you right now? Who's he got you married to? Yeah. <laughs> where, yeah. Are, where are you in ministry? Just give us an
1: orientation. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, born and raised in Kinston, North Carolina. Uh, met my wife and Jesus here, super thankful for Kinston and the Hmm. community, Uh, went off to UNC Chapel Hill, and then God led both my wife and I uh, to do campus missionary work for about 15 years. And just uh, in the last year and a half, we finished church planting residency here at Grace Fellowship, and we've been in Durham planting Trinity Life Church in the middle of (laughs) (laughs) COVID-19. And Trinity
0: Life Church, so you're a planter and a church pla- uh, a church planter and a pastor. Correct. And uh, we at Grace Fellowship rejoice that we're sort of in partnership, and we love the partnership with Trinity Life Durham and um, being part of the work that God's doing there. Yeah, same here. So what we want to do is um, share with others what you have learned, Jace, along the way, about the gift of giving, about a life of generosity. I mean, you're a regular guy, you're middle class, raising a family, uh, and yet giving has played a huge part in your life. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is figure out how we can encounter grace through open hands, open hearts, giving out. So let's start with a history question. When did you start to see generosity as a foundational part of being a Christian?
1: Sure. It's a great question. I would say at, at 17 years old, huh. I think I think a lot of people uh, look at myself and Heather and us having five kids and being in ministry now for 16, 17 years. And, and a lot of people don't know this about me, but during most of my adolescence, uh, I was raised by a single mom hmm. on government assistance. Huh. And so we had $700 a month that we would have to make it on. And I remember some... Uh, weeks. And you knew that as an adolescent, as a kid I teenager. did. Yeah. yeah you I felt that. all this pressure and, and I had, you know, the the free lunch pass at school. Yeah. And so my kids kind of knew something was there, you know, uh, that, that finances were an issue. And so it's a little bit embarrassing. And I remember, I um, love my mom dearly, but she mm-hmm. had some challenges with alcohol and whatnot. And so she would, I would go weeks sometimes without seeing her. Uh, she would lock mm-hmm. herself in the room and just with our own struggles. And so sometimes I would come home from school or athletic events. And literally I remember um, going into our cabinets Hmm. and we would always have, uh, not much, but we would always have a big container of bacon bits and we'd always have salad dressing in the fridge. And so I I called it bacon bit salad. And it's it's (laughs) sad in hindsight, but I felt like, well, at least I've got something to fill up with. And Hmm. so given that context, I think my life was postured early on that there's a lot of lack in the world. Hmm. And my job is to scrap to make sure that I don't go without food or clothing or whatever. You know, it was like a real fear that I had. But also, so I say at 17 years old because that's when God really began to, I think, reveal himself to me and and just arrest Mm -hmm. my heart for him. And I began to understand who he was as a good dad who's faithful to Mm -hmm. provide for us. And so, my first job was actually at the Bill Fay Par 3 golf yeah. course and Sportsman's World. I don't know if you guys remember that. It's yeah. like a sporting goods uh, store in the plaza here in Kinston. And uh, as I was going to church, I don't remember anybody telling me that I needed to give. Like, this is a part of your moral duty as a Christian, but it was literally the overflow of like Mm. God was doing so much in my life through the gospel. As I was understanding like, man, God loves me and he wants to be my dad and I can be his son. And not just what I need in this life is taken, but my whole eternity is secure now in him. It was just a natural expression, I think, of gratitude. But also as I was learning about the gospel through the church, I was realizing that like I could be a co-labor with God in many ways, but in yeah. one way through giving yep. and through, yep. you know, funding the gospel work of the local church. And so that was really when I started getting my head around like it's I'm not left to myself to figure out life and right. how am I going to you know, eat and get food and, and clothing and stuff. But it was like, no, God's real and he's alive and he's working and I can trust him and even being generous to others. Uh, that he's going to meet my needs. So, mm. yeah.
0: and then and then that's an. Am- I actually did not know that. Sure. I did not yeah. know that backstory. That's that's amazing. And and even how God led you without formal teaching, mm. but just the Holy Spirit in you and the growth and mm. then giving out. But then in your campus ministry, also giving played a huge role in your family. Sure, talk Absolutely. about that for a little bit.
1: Yeah, so this is one of the the scarier things. So hmm. I was the first person in my family to go away to college. So I, I got into UNC, and wow. because of our financial situation, I got basically a government aid that, sure. that funded it all. But my whole endeavor was I was going to be a business major and get out and make as much money <laughs>
0: as I possibly could. <laughs> yeah, I, I did that college too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, and little did I know God was going to ask something very different of me uh, mm-hmm. during my time in college. And so we're at UNC, and I uh, just really began to see the gospel make an impact um, in my dorm, in mm-hmm. some of my classmates, mm-hmm. and uh, on different sports teams and whatnot. And as I was approaching graduation, the scariest thing happened it became super clear that God was asking me to lay down not just my degree, but my career endeavors and to sow my life back into the college campus uh, to reach young people just like I had been reached. And so I was fine with that. I just thought, surely there's organizations out there who pay people to do something like that. I'd seen people like that on campus. And then I sat down with a college missionary, and he explained to me the idea of support raising. And it was just like the worst-case scenario. Like, what do you mean? Like— raising support, asking people to partner with you, like all of that just dug up fear. But that has been one of the greatest testimonies of God's faithfulness in my life. If you would have asked me at 22 years old, could I be married with five kids and for now 16 years make it on support, I would have just, there's no <laughs> there's way. There's no way you can yeah. No. Right. But it's really been God in stirring the hearts of His people mm-hmm. uh, in generosity that have paid the paved the way for that. And so... Just super grateful. Uh, God's good. His people who, who follow Him in obedience uh, really have made a difference. Not just in our life, but I, I think safe to say, maybe thousands of students mm-hmm. have been impacted over the years. Mm-hmm. And all of that's happened as we collectively kind of were willing to give and sacrifice for the sake of His mission together.
0: And it's it's to me it's an amazing testimony. So the Lord has brought you on both sides of the equation mm. on on the on the need mm. side yeah. and and then from that he gave you a heart to give yeah. and then as he called you to be a campus missionary and mm. you raised support he's enabled you to be on the receiving side mm. of others with the heart to give yeah and turn around and raise a family like yeah you you know yeah. a, you know it mirrors a little bit my story where you know, my dad died and mm-hmm. when I was young, and so we really had to sort of rely on God's providence, whereas before we relied on a paycheck. Sure, yeah. And and it was okay, it was great, but but now all of a sudden God was able to meet us through mm-hmm. the body of Christ yeah. and other ways, and it was just a, a really formative thing as a Mm. 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old for me to watch God absolutely provide for our family every step of the way. And it helped me want to be part of providing for others too. Yeah. It's kind of fun. It is. So we've been talking experience. Let's go to scripture. Sure. What are some things uh, that are for you foundation stones that you have sort of helped frame these feelings and experiences into, oh, the pathways of God's truth? Sure.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think the first passage that comes to mind, it kind of is connection with my, my own story, is when Paul says in Romans 12, 1, you know, he says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your lives as living yeah. sacrifices. And yeah. I think Paul is saying there, the key to, you know, being a living sacrifice. We're not a dead sacrifice, right? We're alive. right. right. But maintaining this posture of service to God and others and generosity and sacrifice and giving... you've got to keep God's mercy in view. And, you know, that's kind of the pattern of the whole book of Romans. The first 11 chapters are really laying out God's mercy to us. And then the last few are kind of in light of that, now how should we live? Mm. And when I think about generosity and, and, you know, my own flesh, I'm still in process, right? The tendency to want to go back into living in fear of lack or whatever, and I don't know if I can give because what's going to happen? And mm-hmm. all of that, when I think about, man, God's salvation to us as undeserved sinners, His unconditional love for His irresistible grace, I, I know I can trust Him. If I can trust Him with my eternity, I can surely entrust yeah. Him with, you know, yeah. uh, whatever That's money that bucks, I have yeah. to offer. Yeah, Um And then I think, too, there was... Uh, a book that Tom Vermillion actually gave me 15 years ago. It's huh. a quick read called The Treasure Principle by yes. Randy Alcorn, yep. which highlights uh, basically this fact that, that you know, in, according to Jesus' teachings, that actually your heart will follow where you put your treasure. Isn't that so good? Yeah, and I'd never thought about that. Like, oh, Say it again. Your heart will follow where your treasure goes or where you put your treasure. Wow. And so I'd never thought about, like, I can actively play a part in determining the posture of my heart. And, mm. you know, Jesus lays it out. Look, if you store up treasure here in the earth, you know, thieves can rob you of that or moth and rust can destroy that. But if you if you put it in heaven, nothing can touch that. And so store it up in heaven. Yeah. yeah. And so I think of that, like just not valuing, you know, money or possessions here in the earth, because I don't want my heart to be bent in that direction. I really want it to be bent towards God and his kingdom. And I can actually give in such a way that my heart will follow that direction. Um, I've also got a lot of encouragement in in looking at the life of Paul. Hmm. And, uh, you know, he he once was a a murderer of Christians, so to speak. And then in Philippians 4, you see him saying, like, look, I've I've learned to live content in whatever, like in lack and also in plenty. And he encourages the believers there in, in verse 19. He says, look, and my God will supply every need you have, and he says this phrase, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Hmm. And so the promises, this isn't just prosperity gospel, like, oh, the Lamborghini I wanted when I was in middle school, or the mansion. No, he says your needs, you know, God will meet those, but it's according to his riches and glory. Hmm. And you know, when you watch movies like The Hobbit or whatever, and you see that the dwarves castle that's filled with like a sea of gold, we're just enamored by that amount of wealth. Hmm. And I have to imagine like if we're impressed by that, <laughs> what do you think God's riches wow. and glory in Christ Jesus look like? No doubt. Um, and so when I think about God's, you know, unlimited resources of grace, of joy, of peace, and even of whatever financial provision I need, it just helps me not live as if I'm limited or there's limited resources around me, but I can trust God in giving because He's going to bring forth whatever is needed for His purposes to be fulfilled
0: that's so good that is so good. You know that idea of the treasure where you where you invest your treasure, there mm. your heart goes yeah where, where your treasure is there your there your heart goes. Mm. you see this demonstration. <laughs> See this demonstrated every time a parent sends a kid off to college. Mm. Now they're paying all this money yeah. for ECU or UNCW yeah. or UNC or whatever, and then what's the first thing goes on in their car? All these stickers.
1: Yeah, they because care their now. heart's there now. Yeah,
0: and now they're like, I'm identifying with ECU because my kid's there, and yeah. I'm you know. And it's just yeah that's that's all part of it. You've given your treasure away, money, but also your kid. Sure. Now your heart's there, and you want to see it succeed. Anyway, that's just a little silly example. Yeah. Speaking of examples, not silly. Yeah. (laughs) But in your life, you have for sure uh, encountered miracles of faithfulness. Yeah. Um, Others' faithfulness, God's faithfulness through others, or in your life, or whatever. Like share some of that with us. Some ups and downs of living by faith personally and how God's provided through, through mundane or miracles of faithfulness.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, I would say one of, one of the lows, uh, was some of you guys know, like when Heather four years ago became very sick, we didn't know what it was, but about a year and a half in, we found out it was Lyme's disease. And so for about the last four and a half years, it's been a lot on the financial front because we went for about two years and all the great specialists at Duke and UNC hospitals, they they tried to be helpful, but really could not help. And the things they were trying to treat her with made it worse. And so then we mm. uh, found a few other like treatments and supplements and whatnot that actually were really helpful. <laughs> and they weren't covered under traditional um, uh, health insurance. And so it created this tension of like, man, how much money can we put towards these things uh, to get Heather healthy versus, you know, do we just forfeit that? And so, I think we added it up at one point in the last four years. It's it's averaged about twenty thousand out of pocket wow. uh, per year, wow. and so that, you know five kids is a lot in general. Yeah, like our grocery the math bills are yeah. All right, <laughs> so we don't have that much margin. And yeah. again, it's one of those stories. What if you told switch. me four years ago, if you do the math on it, I'd be like, "There's no way we're going to make this," you know. But yet, over the course of time, we were able to crunch back, and then other, you know, kind of God provision, his Mm -hmm. provision came in other Mm -hmm. ways, and here we are. She's like 95% well, um, and we don't have those medical bills weighing over us anymore, and so it was a tough testing of faith, but yet Mm -hmm. God proved himself faithful once again, so we're thankful for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think another testimony, of a high maybe, is making the jump out of campus ministry, where we had our partnership team. Right. And then into church planting, uh, we knew, you know, we got the right people that God kinda of brought along who cared about college ministry and whatnot. But then church planting's just a completely different vision and doing it as, you know, a family of seven, uh <laughs> as just a big jump. Mm-hmm. And um but again, like we didn't have like some big mega church funding the bill or anything like that. It was just a step of faith and Again, God's faithfulness was seen. Like so many of our ministry partners stayed with us and are still with us, and um, our family's been provided for. So we're super thankful, even in the midst of COVID.
0: You know, in a life of generosity, even in the midst of COVID or, mm. or any time, uh, you know, and how God sort of provided all the provided for all those bills yeah. uh, for for Heather's medical, provided for the new vision mm. from Campus Ministry and a clear mission to like, why would someone on your campus ministry partnership team want to support another church in another city? Like you're planting in Durham, but God's doing that, Mm. you know, and just these, this, this faithfulness of God through his people. One, one fun story in my life was of generosity. So, cause sometimes we think, Oh man, I can't write a $10,000 check. So I, what do I have to do? Yeah. But you know, the year after my dad died, Mm. Five kids at home, my mom, single mom. yeah. And one simple thing of generosity uh, is this one couple that were empty nesters. Mm. they every Thursday night, they brought us the full meal. Yeah. And and oftentimes it was like roast beef. So it wasn't just nothing. It was like really yeah. good stuff from yeah. from soup to nuts kind of thing. Like yeah. and they just, because they did, who wants to cook for five kids that don't sure. ever say thank you? You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And what a simple gift of generosity mm. that was. Yeah. But you think about it, that's probably a hundred bucks or, or oh, absolutely. you know, yeah. 70 bucks, something, but it just means something. For know? sure. Um Anyway, God does yeah. provide miraculously and simply, and we yeah. can all be part of that. Um, I, I got a couple more things I want to ask okay. you, but one of the things while you were in the campus ministry, and what you didn't say, but you yeah. weren't only on the campus, but then over time you were a leader uh, of, in the organization for many campuses and sure. for you know all sorts of stuff, and so sort of the Lord's hand on you and your leadership, well one of the things that you have told me that you had to do or got to do was help new staff coming on sure. in developing a partnership team. Yep. And um, I'd just love to talk about that for a little bit. Two, two questions, really. On yep. the one hand,
1: how many staff
0: members did you train over the years? That's
1: a great question. Maybe 40 or 50 in support raising. Yeah, yeah. in support yeah. raising.
0: Yeah. So you, you have what you're kind of... Sharing with us, you've sure. also shared obviously way more detail. Sure. Yeah. Uh, with 40, 50 people. You're helping Grace's church planters with their partnership team. And so sure. there's there's several more. What two to three things do you want them to internalize yep. before they invite others to join the journey? Yeah. Like what what is it that you're going for to know, oh, they've got it now?
1: Right. Yeah. I think um One of the things is sometimes, and I know your heart as a pastor is like this as well, it's not like those of us on the mission field or in occupational ministry, it's not like we're the Navy SEALs and everybody else is just back there like paying their taxes to fund the government, you know, and, and the military operations. But it's really like we are all partners together in critical ways to help fulfill God's great mission, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, Paul says in a Roman in Romans ten thirteen he says, "For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved." But then he asks a series of questions. He says, "How can they call on His name if they never heard about Him?" Hmm. And how can they hear unless somebody goes to them and tells them? But he says this: How can those who go do so unless they are sent? Yeah. And so, in Paul's mind, who he was a missionary, you know, he's saying, yep. "Look, it's just as critical those." that are going and to have those involved that are sending as well. And uh, I think that just helps break down sometimes, like, just the—I the, the I don't know. That sometimes people put occupational ministers like, in a different tier or setting, yeah, yeah. and that's really not it. Not like, true. we all play our part, and it's really God who gets the glory, and it's for Him. And so we tried to help them see that, like, these people that you're going out and talking to— like they are not, we didn't use the language donors because it just puts the pressure on like the financial side maybe. Right. Um, we didn't speak, we tried not to speak in terms of support because then it's like like life support. It's like a one-way transaction. But we use the language of ministry partners because we really thought of it as like we are partnering together, like us with them and them with us, towards this great endeavor for God's glory. Um, and then secondly, I think we wanted them to understand that you know when you're you're thinking in terms of financial support or, like it's really God who meets our needs and that's what like the gospel tells us time and time mm-hmm. again it's yeah. not even yeah. for someone who's not working in missions it's not your your company it's not your boss like god is the one who oversees your life and who mm-hmm. has promised to meet your needs and so i think that's again what paul is communicating when he says and my god will meet your needs that word my is speaking about God is like, there's this personal relationship that we have with him. And he says earlier, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Like he's speaking about all of his thoughts about, you know, generosity and giving. It's coming from this place of, man, we have this amazing father whom we can trust. Mm. And so we would tell our, our missionaries, look, this is not you going out and finding enough support. Like as if we don't know if there's support out there or not it's really God's got your needs met. This is just a great opportunity for you to journey with Him yeah. and grow in your life with Him. That's um, so good. And so, yeah, I remember, just real quick, I took our kids to the mountains a couple months ago, uh-huh. and we went to one of those uh, gem mining places where the whole thing's a setup, right? I mean, it's a building, and they've got right. water flowing, and but my kids don't know that. And so my kids show up like, are we going to find any gems (laughs) and I'm paying money right? and they've already got the buckets pre-filled where there's, you got to have something in there or people aren't going to pay money to do it. So they're dumping the rocks and the dirt in our kids, little filter pans and our kids, I mean, it's just, they are coming alive. Like dad, look at this. This is amazing. This is awesome. And like, they don't know the whole thing's rigged, but there's a little bit of anxiety for them. Like, right. it just looks like dirt. Like, what yeah. do you
0: mean? Uh, is it really going to be anything there? Yes,
1: right. And sometimes there's a geo that looks like a, a dumb, boring rock, and then you, you bust it open, and it's just amazing, like, picture of God's creative beauty. And so, like, for me as a dad, so I know good. it's a setup, and I'm I'm paying, I'm doing this whole thing to experience this journey with my kids, but my kids don't quite know that. Now they know, like, oh, I can trust dad when he does something like this, you know? And I think that's how God wants us to pursue Mm -hmm. all of life, but even with finances. Like, he's got our needs met. Like, the whole thing's rigged. He's not going to leave us abandoned. Will we trust him in the endeavor of it all, you know, Um, and enjoy the relationship in the process? That's
0: so good. That is so good. What a great image of, Mm. you know, you know what's coming. Mm. The Lord knows what's coming. Will we trust Him? Give us a last word on generosity. Give us one last word.
1: Man, um, I'm just thankful, I think, to God, like for what He's done in my life. And and part of my story is, yes, ministry partners, He's raised up people to Mm -hmm. help support Heather and I. But part of the greatest joys of our life also has been when real needs come up and, mm-hmm. you know, like you're saying, like not everybody can write a $10,000 check or whatever. Uh, we've never written a check that big, but we have had students who have lost parents in college mm-hmm. who had real needs and we wrote checks bigger than I think we ever would have imagined that we would have been able to. Right. And it was strictly because God was leading us to do, us, do it and to trust Him in that. And then when you see Him come alongside on the back end and provide for you, you know, in light of that... Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, it's it's generosity has been a way that I've experienced God grace, God's grace, and I feel like I've been able to extend His grace to others through as well. So, Amen. thankful for it.
0: So. so thankful for it, and it's so great that the Lord invites mm. us into trusting Him more mm. through even this simple thing called generosity. Yeah, I love it, Jason. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me,
0: sharing your heart, your life, your insights, your experience, uh, and thank you for joining us here on Encounter Grace. Uh, I'd encourage you to share this and um, like it and comment and come on back the next time. Uh, It's always good to be where God is. So thanks for being with us. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit gracekinston.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.